Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Today we keep learning or we continue learning the book Hodot Halevavot, Duties of the Heart by Rabbi Ba'ia Ibn Pakuda. And we're in the gate of trust in God in chapter 3. And um, <clears throat> last week we were learning about how we have to put an effort when we earn a livelihood. Like it's not free. That life really is not a free ride, and we're here to 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 work and to and to do and to earn merit for our for what we do. So today, uh, Rabbi Pakuda uh, starts talking about why do righteous people suffer? Uh, why do righteous people suffer, and why do the wicked? prosper so this is a the the one million dollar question which we have never been able to really have a concrete answer there's been many suggestions for this but in reality it's a very hard question to answer it's like uh, it would be arrogant because we don't know we don't know everything and we don't know what goes behind the scenes I once heard a rabbi say that to be able to understand why a person is going through what he's going, we should go to the first day of creation and, and, and track that soul and see what happened to that soul till now. And then we will understand why he has to go through what he has to go. But this is something that is not a public property. This is something that is uh, taken that is not for us to know and understand and, and, and that's God's ways. So, so we see here that some righteous individuals who obtain their livelihood only after very hard work and toil, while many transgressors are, are at ease and pass their lives in prosperity with no issues. So we see people who have no problem in the world, they go through life, they're wicked, they do nasty things and they just go through life and, and you don't see them uh, suffering. And then you see people who are very righteous and they have to work very hard to earn a living. It's not easy for them and they have to, to suffer. So, uh, so Yirmiyahu, he says, why do the way of the wicked prosper? This, this is a question. Why do you show me wrongdoing and look upon vice? Violence and oppression are before me. There is strife and contention rises for the wicked surround the, right, surround the righteous. Uh, this is Habakkuk, and why keep silent when the wicked man divorced one more righteous than he? And this is uh, another uh, pro uh, from the prophets. So the prophet refrained, however, from giving the answer to explain the reason for this. Like, the reason we will never know, because the reason for the trial of each person is, is personal. Each person has their own trials, their own tribulations. Each person has their own life. There's things they have to correct. There's, uh, it's, it's bigger than we think. The picture is much bigger than we think. It's not what we see. It's much bigger than we think. So uh, Moshe Rabbeinu commented on this matter that the hidden things belong to God, our God, but those that are revealed belong to us and to our children. So similarly, a wise man said, if you see oppression on the poor and denial of justice and right in, a, right in a country, do not wonder at his will. This is in Koheles. And scripture says, the rock, his deeds are perfect for all his ways are just. So from here we have to see that God's ways are just. Even his justice is not our justice. We can never come to understand it. I remember many years ago we were... Uh, listening to our, to our Rabbi Yafi, Shlomo Yafi, he's a great Kabbalist, he's a very knowledgeable man. 
and uh, there was a Holocaust survivor in the talk, uh, in his in his shiur. And at the end, he asked the rabbi, "Tell me why did the Holocaust happen? Why did it happen?" And you know, till today, I have the answer of this rabbi. I loved how he answered. He says, "You know, if I give you a reason, I would be very uh, arrogant. I'm nobody to give you a reason. It's too big to give you a reason." that no human person can ever know why something like that happened. There's no explanation for it in our human minds. We could never come to understand it. So the, the, the Rabbi Bakuda says that righteous men may find hardship in earning a living. Nevertheless, he says that he wants to suggest explanation of this matter, which will at least uh, to some extent be satisfactory and he suggests that the following reasons why the opportunity to obtain his livelihood without trouble and trial might be withheld from a righteous man. So why a righteous man has to suffer, this is why he's going to give us some ideas of why he thinks that this happened. And um, so the number one, he says that this can be a consequence of previously committed sin, like this righteous person did something wrong. And so Hashem gives him the, the hardship in earning a living so he can pay his penalty in this world. And even the righteous get the deserts on earth. So all suffering in this world, really, it should be seen like an opportunity to pay our debts. As hard as they seem, when we experience suffering in this world, really, it's an opportunity for us to cleanse ourselves, to refine ourselves, to grow, and to really make our, right what was wrong. This is what it, the Rabbi Pakura is saying, and I've heard it from many other uh, rabbis. Uh, he says, sometimes it's in accordance with the principle of compensation in the world to come, as it is written, to do you good at your later end. So all hardship here really takes away uh, pain in the world to come. So it says that when a person goes out of this world, when he leaves this world, like if he hasn't cleansed here, he has to clean there. There's a whole chapter in the Tanya, my husband likes to call it the, the, the cleaners, and he explains it like um, when we come into this world, we're giving a very clean dress and we soil it here. We don't need kosher, we do lashonara, we, we, maybe we took something as a loan and we never returned it. There's so many things that we can do that can really stain that dress, and when we're not a cleansing here, we're not doing teshuvah in this world, we're not getting corrected, then God forbid when we leave this world, there, there's a clean, cleaners up there, it's a cleaners. And so the sins that are made with, uh, with passion and heat, they're cleansed with, uh, with, uh, with a hot, with fire, and the, the sins that are done because we're, we're cold and, and uh, we don't we don't. We feel uh, disconnected from the world, and we don't. We don't feel. Then they're cleansed with 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 a fro with frozen eyes. So whatever that means. So either you clean it here or you clean it there. And it says that cleaning it here is much less painful than if you have to clean it up there. So I don't know if this is gonna make you feel better, but at least it, you find a purpose. In, in the cleansing. So he says here, sometimes it's to demonstrate his patience and positive outlook in the service of the Creator. May he be exalted so that other people might learn from him as it's known to you from the case of Eov. So Eov was this person that, God forbid, he lost everything. He was a person that had everything. He was one of the, of the, 
of the people that took care of Pharaoh in Egypt. It was him and Yitro, and the third one was Bala, Bila, Bal, eh, Bilam, the, the sorcerer. So it was these three people that were like his right hand. They were not even Jewish, but Eov, we know he was a very a righteous person. He, he never did anything wrong and Hashem tested him. He was tested, he lost everything he had and the way that he lived through it, there's a whole book about it and how to confront uh, tragedy in your life. But it says that, um, that people learn from Eov, from his uh, dignity and the way he went with it. So at times it is because of the wickedness of a, of a good man's con contemporaries that the creator, may he be exalted, tries the good man in his poverty and want and sickness in order to exhibit his pity and devotion in the service of God, in contrast to the conduct as it said, but it was our sickness that he bore, our pain that he suffered. So he says here, because sometimes a good man has a certain a, amount of, of wickedness inside of him. And uh, he needs to, to cleanse that. He needs to get rid of that. And um, so that's why Hashem tries a good man with uh, sickness and, and poverty in order to exhibit his pity and his devotion. So we can see it. So we can see how a good person really stands up. You know, I, I, I saw many years ago, there's, there's a family, a very special family, the first in family, and uh, they had a factory that made uh, clothes for firefighters. And one day this factory burned down. And, um, and it was like the business of the family. They lost everything, but this, the insurance paid for the factory. They could have retired and, and just leave it like that or start a new business. But what did this man do? He gathered all his employees and he said to them, don't worry, you haven't lost your job. You're gonna still have your job. We're gonna rebuild this factory. And till it's ready, you're going to all receive your paycheck every month. You're not going to suffer. So we see this is a righteous person, very righteous person. You would say what well, a person like this would have to go through the burning of his factory. But look, I read this article and I'm impacted by it, by his righteousness. And many people do. But you see how a person that is righteous, even in the hardest times, always brings out the good and the good in him and in the good in others. So... So this is what Rabbi Pakuda is explaining, explaining here. So why might God bestow favor upon a wicked man? Why would God give uh, good things to someone that doesn't deserve them? So Rabbi Pakuda says, as to God's favor bestowed on a wicked man, this sometimes happens on account of a previous good deed for which God rewards him in this world, as it says. So yeah, a person can be very wicked. He can be, like you see this week in the news, this guy that was, had a trafficking uh, minors and exploited them and all this horrible thing. But the guy was a philanthropist. He did a lot, he gave a lot of tzedakah. So a lot of good came from him. So Hashem sometimes gives out these people a lot of money because he does something good and he's paying him for that. But he's a wicked person. So Hashem doesn't want to pay this person in the world to come. He's not going to give him reward in the world to come. So whatever reward he has to give him, in this, he gives him in this world. He doesn't give it to him in the world to come. So sometimes wealth is placed in his charge like a deposit until God, may he be exalted, gives him 
a righteous son who is worthy of, of it, as it says. So maybe a person is a wicked person and he's a very rich person, but he's going to have a very righteous son. And this boy is going to be very holy. So he puts this money as a deposit in the hands of this wicked person. So when he dies, this money goes to this righteous person. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and amassing to hand over to one who is good before God. So we learn, for example, from the Jewish people in Egypt when they lived there 210 years as slaves. And the, the Egyptians really... Uh, took advantage of them. They took away all their riches because uh, Jacob came down very rich to, to Egypt and his sons. They had a lot of fortune and they took it away from them. And uh, at the end, when the Jewish people for 210 years, they were slaves. When they came out, they came out not only with their riches that belonged to Jacob and his family, but he came out with the Egyptians' riches. So sometimes Hashem has these riches in their hands so they can be given, transferred to the righteous in the time of, uh, that should be done. And then he says here, it may be that the Creator, may he be exalted, patiently bears with him until he repents and becomes worthy of his good fortune, as was the case of Menashe. So Hashem in his infinite kindness, he's always waiting for a person to repent. He's always, his fullest wish is that a wicked person becomes good. And we see from this King Menashe, who was wicked, very wicked, at the end he did Teshuvah and he became good. So sometimes he gives him because he knows that at the end he's going to become a good person. Then sometimes it is in order to try those who are deceptive and inwardly evil, who when they observe the prosperity of the wicked, hurry to turn away from the service of God and hasten to win the favor of the wicked and to learn from their actions. So sometimes it comes because there are people who are deceptive, like inwardly they're really evil, outwardly they would seem that they're very kind people, very good, righteous people, but inside they're not. And so Hashem, eh, you would think this, right, this righteous person, this, this person eh, is, is lacking, but in reality he's a wicked person. And, uh, and so to the man who is pure towards God is identified and the man loyal in his service is recognized through his forbearance at the time when the wicked rule over him and humiliate him. For this he will receive reward from the Creator. So at the end of the day, these people who are deceptive that turn uh, at the end and hurry to turn away from the service of God and run and hasten to win the favor of wicked people and to learn from their actions. Uh, it, it says here, so too man is pure towards God, is identified and the man loyal in his service is recognized through his forbearance at a time when the wicked rule over him and humiliate him. So when we are humiliated by wicked people, in reality, Hashem has a very special reward for us. And, um, and He will receive reward from the Creator. We just have to understand that not everything that shines is gold. Not everything that you see is what you think it is. This is a world of lies. And we, it's very, very, um, like what you think it is, it's not. It's very deceptive. 
And then he says, sometimes it is on account of the past pity of his father, in return for which it was proper to bestow benefits on the son, as was said to Yehu, son of Nimshi, four generations of your descendants will sit on the throne of Israel. And it says, he who walks in integrity is a saint, blessed are his children after him. So Hashem rewards four generations, I don't know how many, I don't remember if it's seven generations after a righteous person. Like if you're a righteous person, your generations to come, even if they're not righteous, they're going to be blessed. And then... Um, and it ends up here saying, I have been young and now I'm grown old, but I have never seen a righteous man forsaken or his children begging bread. This is from Tehillim. So we see that yes, you can see a person can look like he suffers a lot to make a living. It's not easy for him, but at the end of the day, Hashem always takes care of him. Because it's his emunah that holds him. That's his richness. So I leave you here. I wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you. <laughs>